The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. K State fans, it is official. Starting next football season, you can now buy player jerseys. Yeah. K-State Athletics making that announcement, what, in the last hour, two hours or so? Sweet. It's the deal that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Fanatics is a huge part of it. It teamed up with somebody else, but, yeah, you're going to start getting that Deuce Vaughn jersey next year. I I hope it doesn't end just at football, Mm -hmm. basketball, women's basketball. Start making those soccer jerseys. The soccer kits. I tell you what, if it came a few years earlier, I think there's no doubt Brooklyn Ince would have sold some jerseys. I mean, Mm -hmm. she is now a professional soccer player over in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Um, If it would have started earlier for like women's basketball, Peyton Williams. Would have sold a bunch of jerseys. Can and you now, imagine the Kendra Wecker jerseys that would have oh gone out God. the door? Especially, yeah, the Fab Four back oh, then. Yeah. Oh break. my God, yeah, they would have they would have been top sellers, Whew. absolutely. But now these days, it would be, of course, Aoka Lee that would just Fly. obviously just murder in that market. But I suppose we can ease our way into that market with the Deuce Vaughn jerseys. Yeah. Uh, because you know that's going to be a big one. That's going to be so. That, that I, that's the one I would be going for. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is this is the part of NIL I really love. Like I'm a I'm in favor of NIL to begin with, but it's solely based on popularity of the uh, of the athlete, and really probably anybody could cash in on this if you perform well. Right. It's an incentive to step up and perform. Yeah, and I also, the NIL stuff, people are like, well, these big schools are going to get into it, and they're going to dominate. But you saw Charlie Batch, former NFL quarterback, Central Michigan alum, told Caleb Williams, I'll give you a million bucks straight up if you come to Central Michigan. That's where things are going to get interesting, because you're seeing the breakdown of groups that are just out and out. Putting buying together, them. buying, yeah, buying. Um, Miami doing that. Like it's a group of investors right. that are then turning around and buying it's players. no longer like, hey, come and we'll sponsor you and all that stuff. No, they're like, well, we'll just cut you a check for a million bucks. Then again, it's like, I, I don't know, man. Let them eat. You know what I'm saying? Let these guys eat. It's it's. It's crazy to think they don't get paid well, for that and stuff. And this is Central Michigan's only chance to get a player like that. You know oh, what I mean? that, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. If somebody yeah. does have the cash, that's why I kind of brought it up you to why. my guy Jim McElwain can't get so well, wait. All he's got to do is break out that shark photo. And he, the people are like, I want to play for that guy. No, they'll probably run the other way, too. <laughs> well, it, that's what I was saying about with Wyatt yesterday when we had Gene Taylor on. It was briefly brought up about... NIL and how it's going to be certainly affecting recruiting. I was like, hey guys, you know, we've built the facilities. Maybe we start moving that money with the donors over to some recruiting uh, and then uh, start bringing in those, uh, the big boys that want to earn the cash early. Absolutely. And why don't we, or we, why doesn't K State go, here's what's happening. Let's go and interview people that are going to be innovative, creative. They're going to be go-getters, and they're going to come up with special and great ways for us to 
use NIL to our advantage. Go out and get some new ideas on how to do this thing. We're going to have to be creative at K-State to get people to come anyway, so let's do it. Well, man. and I, I don't know anything for certain, but I would imagine you know, Aaron Lockett, who started that business, uh, representing student-athletes, and a big part of that is NIL, of course. It's mostly NIL, as far as I know. Um, having that guy in your back pocket, if you're K-State, will definitely help down the road uh, with uh, with future recruiting, no doubt about it. And his, think about where he lives, too. Dude, his connections, not only Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, but he has connections to donors from K-State who know somebody else who owns a business and say, hey, let me introduce you to our star player. Wouldn't he be the great as the face of your franchise? Yes. Let's do it, man. Let's get creative. Miami businessman John Ruiz said he struck 20 new name, image, and likeness deals with Hurricane football players, the money being fronted by Ruiz, the athletes promoting Life Wallet, a product by a company that enables hospital and emergency rescue personnel to automatically know a person's medical history before treating them. That's a good idea. One, two, three, four. Yeah, so it ranges from 50000 for the quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, down to $30,000 for running back Don Chaney. Dang. That's a heck of a deal. And I accept 50 bucks to go ring it out somewhere, <laughs> you know? It's uh hey, I'll shill for you for $150 possibly. I'll do whatever. I'll, I'll say it. Hey, Life Wallet works great. It saved my great grandpa. After that beautiful monologue to open up the show. Welcome into the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Troy will be leaving us at the 5 o'clock hour. We do have Manhattan High basketball tonight as they host... Uh, the Seaman Vikings work, work, in work, Centennial work, League play. Work, work. Thank you. Uh, that'll start at approximately 6 o'clock. Sage Williams is with us as well. She's here for the rest of the week. And I'm actually out on uh, Thursday because heading out to uh, Bakersfield, California with the baseball team and coming back on uh, Wednesday. Oh, he's, pointing, he's pointing that out while it is 22 degrees outside. and mm-hmm. Oh, it's barely better in Bakersfield. I think today's high was 60-something. Oh, barely you know, better. That, that's a cold day and. Out there, I would imagine. You'll need a light jacket. And we're not even, I don't even think we're staying near a beach. Like, oh. we're, Bakersfield isn't even close to a beach. Is, is it in like, the middle of the uh, state of California? No, no, it's like between, well, I wouldn't say between. It's just a little <laughs> north of LA. Oh, yeah, lucky. I mean, we're gonna, we got to find LAX. We're going to have to deal with traffic. Oh, come yeah, on. I really, I'm hurting for you, dude. You, would you rather deal with the cold or be stuck in traffic? Stuck do, in traffic. Do, however, try and get. You know, a couple of photos of the city of Bakersfield sign put together for an album cover because you're in Buck Owens' backyard right then. I mean, I consider Bakersfield more of a corn town. Ah, there Which, we by go. the way, I, I the day we're getting there, I think Steve-O the, uh, from Jackass is going to be like doing oh, a uh, stand-up routine. Oh, really? I'm going to try to go that. Yeah, good, go, go, Absolutely. Absolutely it's a call. it's a routine of mine. Whenever we go on the road, I got to look up. All right, is there any shows yeah. that I can go check out while I'm there? Dude, and that's, that's the a- one. Like I, I haven't been able to do that very often on road trips. Very few have I been to. That's awesome. How much of his show is actually humor, and how much of it is just him slamming well, his groin into something? <laughs> Somebody from the upper deck, throw that rock down here. Uh, you want to see me eat glass? <laughs> oh, God. Actually, I saw a video before the show started of him at the, uh, uh, what's the uh, Insane Clown Posse Festival? The ju- Gather- gathering of the jug- yeah. uh, juggalos. Uh, juggalos, thank you. 
Uh, and he like opened up the whole show. Like, he was like the big MC or whatever. He like did all these stunts. And at one point, he lit his hair on fire. I'm like, man, <laughs> I would never have the cojones to do anything like that. The and it's made him a millionaire. He works hard for the money. That's right. Oh, boy. So, anyway, after all that, uh, KCKU tonight. Allen Fieldhouse, as I like to call it, the House of Pain, uh, because in my lifetime, the Cats have only won twice in that arena, and the last one was what? That's been over, that's been 16 years? Damn. Since the last time, so that was half my life ago, is the last time the Cats won in Allen Fieldhouse. Wow. I just, first of all, before I get to a little bit of bubble watch here, just want to open it up easily with a simple question. Is there a chance tonight that K-State can get it done in Outfield House because we clearly know, and we're going to actually hear from Bill Self in just a moment about if this team gets it done, like how major that would be for their positioning on the bubble. Which David McCormick shows up? Uh, I, I would bet. That's a fair question. Even though he's had a better year, certainly. Um, I would imagine it's the one we saw. Here, here in town. Yeah, and yeah. at that point then, no, the we don't have a chance. I think you got a chip in a chair, you got a shot. Anything's possible. I'm going to go into it dreaming that it's going to happen. They need it, desperately need it. They have to get this one or the one at Texas Tech. So, you know, this would be a sweeter one. Um, go get it, boys. Go get it. See, um Without getting in too much into Mitch Palm, you know, Mitch Palm is one thing, crunching the numbers, trying to figure out if the Cats can get it done or not. Um, this isn't exactly a must-win type of situation for the Cats in their positioning on the bubble, which they are uh, They are next four outs as we start our bubble watch conversation. Uh, Joe Lenardi does have the Cats in the very last spot of the next four outs. Jerry Palm of CBS, not on the bubble. Like, the, Kate, the Cats are not even... In the bubble. They're on the outside of the bubble looking in. That's mm. not a good spot at this point. Uh, and then USA Today has Casey actually in the first four outs. Whoa. So uh, shout to USA Today. Love that newspaper. Uh, the Cats still a legitimate shot. Like they do legitimately have a shot, but I do not, as of right now, like their positioning in the net rankings. They are 60th in the net ranking. And there's a lot of bubble games tonight. Uh, for instance, Florida is hosting Arkansas. You want Florida to lose that game. They're 50th in the net. And, you know, K-State in quad one games are 4-9. and nine. Florida's 2-7. and seven. And Arkansas is a quad one team. Do not give Florida an advantage. And they're on kind of that next four uh, out, right. first four out type of group. Also a big one uh, is St. Bonaventure as they're going to be taking on Rhode Island. Rhode Island, that would be a bad loss for St. Bonaventure, so go Rhode Island in that one. But the St. Bonaventure is 83rd in the net, and all these guys have them have Bonaventure ahead of K-State. Crazy. In bracketology, it's mind-blowing to me. With Bonaventure, they're 3-3 three and three in quad one. They're 3-3 three and three in quad two. Come on, quad three, Rhode Island. Go get this W. Knock them out in yeah. their dreams. Uh, another one that's also big tonight, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. I brought this up with Wyatt yesterday. So I mentioned how the the Big 12, it feels like it's starting to get split mm-hmm. a little bit. Like there's a solid four with winning records in the Big 12, and everybody's just been kind of scratching their clawing up to a 500 record. Some are even falling apart, and that includes Oklahoma. The Sooners have lost six of the last seven. 
and tonight they got to go to Texas Tech. The game Saturday, losing to Iowa State, really hurt the Sooners, but really helped Iowa State because before that game, the Cyclones were, I would say, like the first four buys, like in that area. And they got a nice jump there in bracketology with that one victory, and that moved them up to like a nine Wow! in some bracketology. So Oklahoma, though, they are a bubble team. Like they are first four out, last four in type of area. And this could also mean, you know, if Oklahoma doesn't get in, the Cats might have to be that team to make it six mm-hmm. teams mm-hmm. out of the Big 12 to get it in, uh, get in there. And so, but the KU matchup, that's the ultimate win left on the schedule i mean it's a it's a road matchup that's the thing right you have still oklahoma and iowa state coming to manhattan and as of right now those are quad two games but the quad one games are both on the road in what would be called now the two toughest environments Mm -hmm. and some saying in college basketball the two toughest environments in kansas and texas tech Texas Tech still amazes me that they've gotten to the point where literally their student section extends into the upper deck. It's crazy. And they stand. Yeah. The last game, it wasn't full. I will point that out. It wasn't full, but it still looked like a fun place to be. Yeah. Sure. Well, I mean, have you been in Lubbock? <laughs> <laughs> I've, been to Lubbock I've been to Lubbock three times. And uh, it's windy. Exactly. And uh, a little bit dull and bland. And that's, you know, why you cannot expect the place to be packed every time i mean it it's a haul to get out well, there. i don't know if i blame the talent on it, it just texas tech had uh all, all the hype is coming off of uh well first of all they're, I mean, they're having a good year yeah don't yeah. get me wrong there yeah. and they've of course they they're still riding what they did a few years ago right. to make it to a national championship game but where the atmosphere is coming from and calling themselves the best student section and the best crowd in the country is from easy, one game easy. that was weeks ago when well, they hosted Texas. Okay. Uh, well, that and then turning around and actually supplanting Texas. Austin. Yeah. Yes. That we, was sweet. I did that enjoy that. That was beautiful. Well, I that actually enjoyed beautiful. both of them. Right, shout out to Texas Tech. Nice couple of wins there against the Longhorns. K-State got one of them. That's that's the one thing they have in common, right? K-State and Texas Tech, the two teams to beat Texas and Austin. Mm-hmm. ooh that's cool. Way to shut that building down. <laughs> we'll, we'll get more on this K-State-KU matchup with Mitch Palm. That's coming up at 510. Uh, my top 10 list of the week. It's coming up uh, in a few minutes at about 440, 445-ish. But up next, I promise you we won't do this much. Yesterday we had the best of Bruce. Today, since he did have a lot to say about the Cats, today I'm doing the best of Bill Self. That's next. I want to give a shout-out to Ron, who just called in a few moments ago and gave me a heads-up about Bakersfield. I'm going with uh, K-State Baseball leaving on Thursday. And he mentioned one time he was driving through Bakersfield with his wife, and they ran into they got stuck in traffic because they ran into a sandstorm. Uh, first of all, uh, don't worry, Ron. I'm going to have sandstorm ready to go if I need to counter with an attack, <laughs> if, you know, if you know what I mean. Uh, but also, you know... Here's the deal. I'm going to go in and plan ahead. I got a guy. I got a guy down there. He said I can borrow his doom buggy, and if it's really necessary, I can borrow his spiked shoulder pads, spiked helmet, and he he said I can even borrow his Uzi and uh, flamethrower. Hey! So I'm ready to go to war. Given, Given the way gas prices are in California right now, you might need them. 
<laughs> you might. You I mean, it's turning might. into. Yeah. It, it could turn into full on Mad Max. It could. Are you sure you want to go? Are you sure? Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I've never been to Bakersfield. Okay. Try it out one time. Okay. You know, right. try everything once. You know, that's true. Try every town once. To meet people I know, like, I'll never go to San Francisco. San Francisco is one of the most beautiful towns I've ever been to, schmuck. Whoa. Let them know, dog. Let them know. What about it's Provo? It's amazing. It's an amazing town. Where? Provo. Never been to Utah. Uh, I have, I've been to the airport in Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. but I don't, you know, I don't count that. Even though the surroundings of that airport, beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. Utah's a gorgeous state. It is gorgeous. I have a photo uh, of me next to the... Uh, I don't want to say monument per se, but the uh, it's not even a plaque in the Utah Utes Arena uh, where it's uh, Jack Gardner uh, ah. recognition, the Whoa. former K-State coach, cool. pre-Tex winner. Oh, that's taking it way back, man. Well, that's where he went after being at K-State. Wow. So that was one that I was like, yep, got to have that photo. <laughs> That's so you are one of those Huntsman that takes That's pictures it. next to plaques and statues. and. Oh, sure. I don't think I could be one of those people. I, <laughs> it's just not me. I don't like taking pictures in general. I'm not photogenic. Maybe Troy is. I don't know. Uh, yeah, right. You're sitting here looking at me. You, you know better. The last time I took a picture by anything, statue-wise, plaque-wise, I never take one by a plaque, uh, but was the bull... Uh, by Wall Street in New York yeah. City. That's kind of a cliche thing to do. John talked me into it. He's real weird. <laughs> he is. He's like, hey, did you see the backside of this bull? Yeah. Oh, no. oh my God. Ugh, come on. Grow up, Peter Pan. Have, have a photo n- done next to Blucifer at DIA. Denver Air- International Airport. Nah, I don't the, like Denver. The blue Airport. reared up Mustang. Anatomically correct. I don't like wasting my time. Red eyes. Glowing eyes at night. What's with Denver? I'd rather go to a sharper image. What's with the Denver airport? I don't understand. You, you. I mean, there was no hesitation in your voice. You were just like, nah, I hate that place. Yeah, it's overrated. Oh my Huge God. place that has like underground tunnels or something. Yeah. It, uh, the conspiracy theories are right. resplendent. They are tremendous of that place. It's true. The, the complete New World Order government runs from it's under true. DIA. Uh-huh. Don't trust anybody which, out there. Which makes the, the red eyes, glowing eyes of Lucifer all oh, the more creepy at night if you true. start to piece that together. And then realize that the horse killed the artist before he was done putting that together anyway. Oh, my God. Maybe if I had like a three-hour layover, I would try to find <laughs> this thing. But I also need to go buy pretzels and a magazine. We need to play more of that De La Soul. Go ahead. <laughs> Actually, I want to continue with uh, covering this K-State KU game oh, yeah. because uh, I, I, it's a weird promise, but it's going to happen. It's not going to happen very often. Like this last time for months, this will take place. The best of Bill Self uh, because he had a press conference the same day as Bruce. That was yesterday. And uh, you know what? He, he gave me a little bit of hope, actually about you know K-State's chances of gets, getting in the NCAA tournament, about how he feels about K-State at this time right now and where they should be in the field. Here is the best, no joke, of Bill Self. When you played them the first time, what would you say was the difference with Pac? Well, he was unbelievable both halves, but he just didn't get as many looks the second half. We, we did a bad job of being there on the catch in the first half, but give him credit. I mean, he was the best guard in the country that day. And we we did a better job the second half just because we stayed connected. 
to him, but he still got like 10 the second half, something like that. So I don't consider that locking anybody up. But he he was he was great and Noel was great for the entire game. And so uh yeah, we were fortunate to get out of there with the W. Is that the emphasis this time to be there on the caps, like kind of like with Gibson? We've talked some about it, but at the time of this, we haven't had a full blown practice. So so we, we went over scout report yesterday, but that's basically all we did and shot and reserve shot and then reserve did dry offense. So uh, yes, that will be an emphasis to uh take away as many looks off the catch. But when you do that, now you create, give little quick guards a chance to get their shoulders past you and they touch the paint and that opens everybody else up. So we we, we just got to guard a lot better. Speaking of that, one of their little guards, Noel, a lot of times in that game kind of made one of those drives towards a basket and kind of passed it back. How do you stop a guy like that? And they're so good at, you know, getting downhill. Or so well, we just got to, our ball screen defense has to be better. You know, we didn't, our ball screen defense was awful over there. Uh, hopefully it'll be better. It was better against West Virginia. I don't know if you noticed, but Curry got anywhere he wanted in the first game and second game. He didn't, he didn't as much, although he didn't play near as many minutes, but we were much better then. Hopefully we'll be much better tomorrow with that too. Coach, what's the message before this series where it's been so lopsided for KU about half the guys really don't know anything about the series, except for the first game where K-State had a big lead and couldn't do anything with that in the second half. There was a Jim Woldridge team that came in in 06 that wasn't very good, but they kept the score down um, and found a way to win with a game of the 50s. What do you tell guys before a series that's been so lopsided, but it's sports? I mean, we saw Auburn lose at Florida the other day, and they haven't won there in 14 tries or whatever. And the, the human element of sports means what from a coach to prepare for a game like this? I don't think our guys really give a crap or do I about what's happened in the past in a series. I think that's something that fans and media talk about. I think, uh, uh, I think with Mitch, it's been a, what, a 12 or 14 game series or 28 game series maybe with him, but, 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 you know, he's been here six years and this will be the 12th time we played. One was a red shirt. So that's 10. And then you add in probably two postseason games. That's 12. So to him, he would be the longest one. But but our, our guys totally respect K-State and they certainly respect uh, uh, how they competed and how they played against us the first time. They were the better team without question the majority of that game. And I certainly respect how well they're coached and, and I respect their year and what type of year they're having. They're what are they six and eight in the league and could easily be nine and five, you know, easily something like that. Uh, uh, so, and I know we won our fair share of close games and, and they've lost their fair show close games. And it's not that much difference in the teams when that happens, it's just, you know, one or two possessions. So uh, from, from CB and from Ochai and from Juan and, and those guys, there's enough uh, commonality that, that, uh, with the players that they all respect and they all believe them to be uh, uh, guys that can give us all kinds of problems. Uh, uh, and they like their guys from what I understand. And they spend time with them in the summer and, and doing all this. So, so there, there's some, there's certainly some mutual respect there that, that, that we have with K-State that we wouldn't have with some other schools just because of our familiarity with their respective rosters. So uh, I, I don't think it'll, you know, We'll do our best to do everything we can to get them fired up and talk about the rivalry. But the reason they'll play so hard isn't because of the rivalry. The reason they'll play hard is because they know that they're dangerous and they know they're, uh, 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 you know, we, we've got to, we've got to uh, uh, play them to get to the finish line again. 
Um, and we know that they, you know, could have very easily won the first game, maybe should have, but, but could have very easily won the first game. So that has our attentions before you, our attention even before you talk about the rivalry. You got, you got four teams ranked, and, and Bruce was talking this morning about, you know, maybe some people think only gets five or six innings. He thinks that's a game if that happens. Where, where do you see this league as far as bids go right now? In case they look at it. Well, K-State, uh, to me, this is to me, uh, should be on the inside of the bubble right now uh, because what they've done in league. If, if our league is rated to be what it is, then you have to respect teams that are uh, uh, approximately 500 in a league that's as good as ours. And uh, – uh, so I, I think K-State should be on the inside of the bubble. I know if if they're successful tomorrow night, they would be solidly in the field. Uh, so this will be a huge game for them, just as it is for us. So it should be a very competitive, uh, 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 high-energy game. Uh, but I, I like uh, I like K-State's team. But Bruce is right. Uh, saying five or six in this league would be penalizing a league that is that that has no bottom feeders. You know, the, 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 the leagues that give the appearance of being the best leagues are the ones where it's so top heavy and so bottom heavy. Because you could look at a league and said, well, you know, those three teams, there's six wins or there's five and one. And then you get in the tournament because you end up going 500 in your league because you get five or six wins against teams that have no chance to get in the tournament. In this deal, hey, West Virginia has – a good chance to go to the NCAA tournament. And, and you know, they got to finish strong, and I'm sure Hugs would say that, but they've got a good chance to go if they finish strong. And and so, you know, uh, I think you can make a case that 7-11 would positively get you in the tournament. I think you can make that case. 8-10 and is a lock. 7-11 should be. And if a team has an unbelievable non-conference and goes 6-12, and you can make a case. Uh now, I didn't mean it's going to happen, but I, I certainly you can make that case. But we look at leagues across America, and I'm not going to point out any in particular, but some that aren't near as strong, but because they have teams that have won 20 games, they think that those teams are going to get in. Uh, uh, but they haven't played uh, the, the schedule that, 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 that our teams in our league have, at least in an 18-game schedule. So Bruce is right. It, it, would, be a, it, would, be, it would be a awful if five got in because – we beat the heck out of each other. All right, so one quick comment on that as we're back live here on the game, just hearing from uh, Bill Self. Had a lot of great things to say about K-State, and I greatly appreciate it. Um, the 8-10 and 10 comment saying that a Big 12 team is an absolute lock if they get to 8-10 and 10 in the conference. That's what Fran Fraschilla said yesterday during the Baylor-Oklahoma State game. So at a minimum, K-State, if they got to 8-10 and 10 in the Big 12, they would finish with a record in uh, overall of 16 and 14 and if they were to lose because remember that'd be 8 and 10 so case it would be a lock for the tournament and if they lose their big 12 championship first game that would make them 16 and 15 like i i think we need to be real here 8 and 10 to me is not a lock for the ncaa tournament no No. and and especially without a win behind you in kansas city yeah, it's another thing. You got to do well in the tournament. If you if that's your record, you at least at least one in the tournament. Yeah, at least yeah. one in the tournament. I agree. 
that just, yeah, the math doesn't pan out. And especially when, yes, it's going to be looked at, you know, what what are you going to wind up with a seed at 16 and 15? Welcome to the play-in. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, that's absolutely. You're, Welcome you're, to you're Daytona. Going, you're going to Daytona. Dayton? Dayton. Sorry. <laughs> My mind, yeah. Big race guy over yeah, here. Yeah, baby. Probably Mrs. Dale Earnhardt Jr., don't you? <laughs> uh, not all that much, no. <laughs> yeah, NASCAR just not the same, you know. Totally forgot Daytona 500 this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Dayton, Ohio is yes, what you'd be thinking of, sir. Yes. Which Racers. K-State, you know what? They went that one time and beat uh, Danny Manning and Wake Forest. Oh, they did. I remember that. I totally forgot about that. And then got Cincinnati <laughs> right after yep, that. Right. Oh, my God. I'll tell you one thing, though. I don't think there's going to be a single soul out there in K-State Nation that would be satisfied with a first four win and then losing in the first in the round of 64. No. Even though they got there. It would not feel very satisfying. Can, I'm, can you name me any K-State fan right now that is looking at any of this and is satisfied? Uh, be honest, I think K-State's, I, I can only speak for myself, the Cats are kind of right where I thought they would be. Like, in the bubble situation, but still on the outside looking in. I mean, I think if I predicted before the season started, I said 17-13, and 13, and right now they're 14-12. and 12. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of going as scripted yeah. right now. Like yeah. the, the expectations of what we thought of this team, it's kind of on the nose. But they still have the chance. They it still have the happen. chance, and I won't write them out until they uh, on the selection Sunday, unless they just s the bed the rest of the way and uh, don't show up in the final four games and also in Kansas City. We'll take a timeout. When do we come back? My top ten list for the week. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, and Sage Williams with you today on the game. I'll be honest with you, for a while there, I had a tough time coming up with an idea for this week's top 10 list. Like, I was even thinking about just skipping it because there's plenty of con. I mean, whoa, K State KU. I mean, yeah, there's plenty true. there, right. but it's not like me. I want the top 10 list to be a staple. Big fan of David Letterman. That's where it comes from. I'm paying homage to that guy. That's right. Um, but then I look at my phone and I notice the date it's 2 22. 22. Mm. I was like, well, there's the idea right there. My top 10 list this week is my top 10 cats that wore number 22. Ooh. Here I thought he was going to give us his top 10 numbers, starting at 10 and counting to 1. <laughs> 78. <laughs> Love it. Troy, that might be the funniest thing you've said so far. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's really good. All right, here we go. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Number 10. Do you folks remember Frank Richards? Yeah, basketball player. Yeah, from 0204. So he, he was a, a Juco transfer. He averaged 10 points a game his junior year. And I, talking to Kurtz about this, I needed a little bit of a reminder. Like, where was a highlight that he had? Refresher and he, course, and he brought yeah. up um, that uh, he nearly won K-State a game in Lawrence, Ooh. which that game was lost by six. I then knew what he was talking about. Uh, but shout out to Frank Richards, a name I think maybe a lot of people probably have forgotten about because they may associate him with the head coach in a time you might want to forget. Uh, number nine. Here's another one of those names uh, that I hope folks remember. Jimmy Dean. I'm not talking about Jimmy Dean Sausage. Oh, dang it. I thought he was I know. Nine. I'm hungry, too. Damn. Um, but no, remember the wide receiver that used to play here at K-State in the 90s named Jimmy Dean? Jimmy oh. Dean. Troy, you don't recall? I don't off the top of my head. So he was here for two seasons, and he wore number 22, 95 and 96. Wow. 
taking it way back. Now, he wasn't, of course, a Kevin Lockett or Mitch Runner. Right, yeah. But he was you know, good enough in 96 to have five touchdown catches and 222 yards. Whoa. All right. Whoa. And I just love the name. <laughs> Jimmy name. Dean. He's Does like, he own the sausage? Oh, He's like, yeah, I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> you know, he probably hates it. Number eight. Number eight is a name people will recognize, Dante Barnett. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. At K-State, football player, defensive back, 13-16 to 16 out of Oklahoma. Uh, multiple Big 12 honors, had eight career interceptions. He's at number eight? This is a good list, dude. It is a good list. Ooh. And we here's a throwback for you. Number seven. Oh, I hope he's listening right now. Ernie Barrett. The man. Ernie Barrett wore 22. You might remember him from 1948 to 1951. He went to the first two Final Fours with K-State and also was a part of that team in 51 that played for a national championship against Kentucky. Since then, Kentucky has relinquished that title because it got in a little trouble, and it's a title I still think K-State should claim is theirs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they did lose the game, technically. <laughs> and I, I've heard I, – I need to go back and see if I can find a box score of that game. Like I heard Ernie Barrett actually didn't play in that game. He was hurt or something. Oh. But I don't know that for sure. I've just heard that before. If somebody knows, 537-1350, let us know. That was a little before my time. <laughs> Troy doesn't exactly remember. Uh, he was pretty young. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, Ernie yeah. Buckets, man. Nice. Number six. Number six from the K-State soccer team, Hannah Davis. Ooh. She came to K-State in 07, or 17 as a, a freshman out of Lincoln, Nebraska. She has since then uh, transferred to Nebraska, but she is responsible for the goal that was scored in the 17 game against Kansas. That was the first ever meeting Whoa. between K-State and KU in soccer. She scored the goal. The assist went to Katie Kramer, and the Cats won the first ever Sunflower Showdown in soccer, 1-0 in Lawrence at nice. Rock Chalk Park, ladies and gentlemen. I'll never that's a top five play by play moment of my lifetime wow. so far. Dude, that yeah, earns her a spot on the list. That's Absolutely. Awesome. She's to me, to me, she is forever a K-State soccer oh, yeah. uh, legend for that moment. Number five. Number five, we go back to football and a running back. Ladies and gentlemen, JJ Smith. The man. J.J. Smith, running back from 91 to 94. Again, this is – it's not before my time. I, like, I was alive, but I was also like three or four years old. Uh, so I, don't, I didn't watch him. Like I don't remember watching him, but I do know that he was pretty awesome. He was he ran really for good. over 1,000 yards in 94. He had 10 touchdowns apiece in 93 and 94. Now, Troy can probably comment on seeing J.J. Smith playing. I don't know about you, D.G., but – J.J. was at that point where, again, the program was developing and was called upon to be a a running back at a time that they were really looking to figure out the ways to give their offensive linemen opportunities and be able to compete against the, the bigger behemoths that they faced on the defensive side of the ball. And he did well at being able to take advantage of slim holes, and turn into positive yardage. He was, man, he was electric. And I remember, I don't know if he got drafted or was just a free agent pickup, but he went to the Chiefs. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he's going to be awesome for the Chiefs. And then he, you know, you know how it works out. But yeah, J.J. Smith, shout out to him. Number four. Number four is the last female on the list. And it's going to go to Brianna Lewis. 
She wore number 22, and she was a cat for the women's basketball team. Mm -hmm. And uh, she is 10th all-time in scoring. She is the all-time blocks leader at 282. And she is 6th all-time in rebounding. Now, a lot of these numbers, of course, Aoka Lee at some point will be passing them. One of my favorite stories about her is... You might remember she, along with uh, Kindred Wiesman, along among others, the the Page sisters, uh, went to an NCAA tournament. As a matter of fact, hosted the first and second round of an NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah. and I remember hearing a story. Kindred Wiesman would tell it, and I, I believe it's happened in multiple occasions where it would be one way or another. But when Brianna Lewis would get a block, she would swat the ball and say, "Welcome to K State." I was like, that line is. <laughs> Murder. Wow. Like, that is the, per- I think that's the perfect trash talk because that's wow. a line you'll hear like the usher or like yeah. uh, the person that scans your ticket. Yeah. Like, they'll be like, Welcome to K State. Wow. I was like, That is a way to trash talk and politely and not get a technical foul. Absolutely. There's no way to tee someone up for that. Somebody let Bruce Weber know. <laughs> Somebody let Bruce Weber know and tell like Selton Miguel, tell Mike, uh, Mark Smith that uh, don't get teed up. Just tell the opponent, Welcome to K State. Oh, they'll get teed up for that just yeah, because of who the officials them, are. Yeah. That, she was so good, though. Man, she was a amazing basketball she, I, player. Yes. Uh, where are we at? Number three. Number three. I mean, we're getting to the area you could probably predict the last three. Number three is Aaron Lockett. Yeah. Uh, cat from 91 to, uh, 98 to 01. Fourth in receiving yards, seventh in touchdowns, five in receptions. I mean, I mean, you know where we're going with number two. You could probably guess Rodney Magruder. Magruder. Uh, one of my favorite K-State men's basketball players of all time. Won a Big 12 championship in 2013. He's eighth all-time in scoring. And he's currently a Detroit Piston, which I would imagine they're not good. No, they're not. They're, they haven't been good in a long time. But, hey, at least Rodney's making some good money. Making some Playing bank. in the NBA and living a dream. But Great finally, kid. finally, here we go. Number one. Number one. Of course, I'm going to buy his jersey in September. It's hashtag my boy and the only active player on the list. Troy, you want to say it? Uh, Deuce Lucas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, cur- I'm curious if he's going to put the hashtag on his nameplate. Hashtag my boy. Put the hashtag on your nameplate oh, on the back. It of was years. funny. I was waiting for Troy to. It, sound, it looked like he was going to spit out. Luke Kasubki or Daniel yeah, Green. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Green. I, was, I was waiting for it. Yeah. Hey, cute, honorable mention of Daniel Green. I watched a video of him today on that hit on the KU uh, uh, quarterback today. Yes. Woo-hoo-hoo. Which, hey, another 22. This may be the first time we've ever had a 22 tandem uh-huh. offensively and defensively for K-State. Because I was going through like the list and I was like, you know, I was finding one 22. You know, from Aaron Lockett, J.J. Smith, those guys, but like wouldn't find like one on the defensive mm-hmm. end. I, right. I don't know that that was just not a thing back then. Again, uh, I've said it many times. Young guy in here, uh, but uh, the Deuce yeah. tag team. I love it. Yes. Like, while you're getting your Deuce Vaughn jersey, get your Daniel Green jersey. Absolutely. You wear them back to back, baby. K State, Kentucky, Final Four game. Ernie Barrett played, started. Did he? Okay. He was he was part of a starting five that was Lou Hitch, Jack Stone, Ed Head, Jim Iverson, and Ernie Barrett. Well, that makes sense. He's been hammering on his phone for the last ten minutes. I didn't. I we found out what he's looking up, and I'm glad you confirmed that. For some reason, <laughs> I had heard somewhere he didn't play in that game. Glad he did. 
Can't unfortunate. What was the final? Do you have the final score of that 68, game? Sixty-eight, fifty-eight. Oh yeah. Another name that Man. folks will remember from basically future as an AD, CM Newton. Boy, I tell you what, if that game actually did go out uh, go in K-State's favor, I'd have all the 1951 merch you could think of. Same. I'd be on eBay trying to find all that merch. Who's I'd selling? An, oh, I'd have an Ed Head jersey like nobody's business. All right, hour number two. Troy's going to get out of here, but DG and I, yeah. along with Sage, going to bring you Mitch Palm, K-State at KU. It's night. Hour two. The game is up next. <laughs>